Chapter 8 of The Art of Dying Well. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by John Brandon. The Art of Dying Well by St. Robert Bellarmine. Translated by Reverend John Dalton. The Eighth Precept on Fasting. According to the order given by the angel, we will now briefly speak on fasting. Omitting many of the theological questions, we will confine ourselves only to our subject. Our intention is to explain the art of living well, because this will prepare us for dying well. For this art, three things seem sufficient, of which we have spoken above on prayer, its necessity, its fruit, and the proper method. The necessity of fasting is twofold, derived from the divine and human law. Of the divine, the prophet Joel speaks, Be converted to me with your whole heart in fasting and in weeping and in mourning. The same language does the prophet Jonah use, who testifies that the Ninevites, in order to appease the anger of God, proclaimed a fast in sackcloth and yet there was not then any positive law on fasting. The same may be learnt from the words of our Lord in St. Matthew. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not to men to fast, but to thy Father, who is in secret, and thy Father who seeth in secret will repay thee. Chapter 6, verse seventeen, eighteen. We will add the words of one or two of the fathers. St. Augustine thus speaks in his epistle to Casulanus. In the Gospels and Epistles, and in the whole of the New Testament, I see fasting as a precept. But on certain days we are not commanded to fast, and on what particular days we must is not defined by our Lord or the Apostles. St. Leo also says in his sermon on fasting, those which were figures of future things have passed away, what they signified being accomplished. But the utility of fasting is not done away with in the New Testament, but it is piously observed that fasting is always profitable, both to the soul and body. And because the words, Thou shalt adore the Lord thy God, and serve him alone, etc., were given for the knowledge of Christians, so in the same scripture, the precept concerning fasting is not without an interpretation. St. Leo does not here mean to say that Christians must fast at the same times the Jews were accustomed to do. But the precept of fasting given to the Jews is to be observed by Christians according to the determination of the pastors of the church as to time and manner. What this is, all know and therefore it is unnecessary for me to mention it. The fruit and advantages of fasting can easily be proved. And first, fasting is most useful in preparing the soul for prayer and the contemplation of divine things, as the angel Raphael saith, prayer is good with fasting. Thus Moses for forty days prepared his soul by fasting before he presumed to speak with God. 
So Elias fasted forty days, that thus he might be able, as far as human nature would permit, to hold converse with God. So Daniel, by a fast of three weeks, was prepared for receiving the revelations of God. So the church has appointed fasts on the vigil of great festivals, that Christians might be more fit for celebrating the divine solemnities. The Holy Fathers also everywhere speak of the utility of fasting. I cannot forbear quoting the words of St. Chrysostom. Fasting is the support of our soul. It gives us wings to ascend on high and to enjoy the highest contemplation. Another advantage of fasting is that it tames the flesh, and such a fast must be particularly pleasing to God, because He is pleased when we crucify the flesh with its vices and concupiscences, as St. Paul teaches us in his epistle to the Galatians. And for this reason, he says himself, But I chastise my body, and bring it into subjection, lest perhaps when I have preached to others, I myself should become a castaway. First letter to the Corinthians, chapter 9, verse 27. St. Chrysostom expounds these words of fasting, and so also do Theophylac and St. Ambrose. And of the advantages of it in this respect, St. Cyprian, St. Basil, St. Jerome, and St. Augustine, and in the office for prime, the whole church sings, Carnis terat superbiam potus chibique parchitas. Another advantage is that we honor God by our fasts, because when we fast for his sake we honor him. Thus the Apostle Paul speaks in his epistle to the Romans, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing unto God, your reasonable service. Chapter 12 In the Greek, reasonable service is reasonable worship, and of this worship St. Luke speaks when mentioning the prophetess Anna. And she was a widow until fourscore and four years, who departed not from the temple by fastings and prayers, serving night and day. Chapter 2, verse 37. The great council of Nice, in the fifth canon, calls the fast of Lent a clean and solemn gift, offered by the church to God. In the same manner doth Tertullian speak in his book on the resurrection of the flesh, where he calls dry, unsavory food taken late, sacrifices pleasing to God. And St. Leo, in his second sermon on fasting, saith, For the sure reception of all its fruits, the sacrifice of abstinence is most worthily offered to God, the giver of them all. A fourth advantage fasting hath is being a satisfaction for sin. Many examples in Holy Writ prove this. The Ninevites appeased God by fasting, as Jonas testifies. The Jews did the same. For by fasting with Samuel, they appeased God and gained the victory over their enemies. The wicked king Achab, by fasting in sackcloth, partly satisfied God 
In the times of Judith and Esther, the Hebrews obtained mercy from God by no other sacrifice than that of fasting, weeping, and mourning. This is also the constant doctrine of the Holy Fathers. Tertullian says, As we refrain from the use of food, so our fasting satisfies God. St. Cyprian, let us appease the anger of an offended God by fasting and weeping, as he admonishes us. St. Basil, penance without fasting is useless and vain. By fasting, satisfy God. St. Chrysostom, God, like an indulgent father, offers us a cure by fasting. St. Ambrose also says, Fasting is the death of sin, the destruction of our crimes, and the remedy of our salvation. St. Jerome, in his commentary on the third chapter of Jonas, remarks, Fasting and sackcloth are the arms of penance, the help of sinners. St. Austin likewise says, No one fasts for human praise, but for the pardon of his sins. So also St. Bernard, in his 66th sermon on the Canticles, I often fast, and my fasting is a satisfaction for sin, not a superstition for impiety. Lastly, fasting is meritorious. It is very powerful in obtaining divine favors. Hannah, the wife of Elkanor, although she was barren, deserved by fasting to have a son. So St. Jerome, in his second book against Jovinian, thus interprets these words of Scripture. She wept and did not take food. And thus Anna, by her abstinence, deserved to bring forth a son. Sarah, by a three days fast, was delivered from a devil, as we read in the book of Tobias. But there is a remarkable passage in the Gospel of St. Matthew on fasting. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not to men to fast, but to thy Father who is in secret, and thy Father who seeth in secret will repay thee. Chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. The words will repay thee, signify, will give thee a reward. But they are opposed to these other words, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to fast. Amen, I say to you, that they have received their reward. Wherefore, hypocrites by their fasting receive their reward, that is, human praise. The just by fasting receive their reward also the divine praise. Many are the testimonies of the Holy Fathers on this point. When St. John was about to write his gospel, he underwent a solemn fast that he might deserve to receive the grace of writing well. As St. Jerome tells us in his preface to his commentary on St. Matthew, and Venerable Bede is also of the same opinion. Tertullian says, Fasting obtains of God a knowledge even of his mysteries. St. Ambrose, St. Athanasius, St. Gregory Nazianzen, St. Chrysostom, St. Jerome, and St. Augustine 
might also be quoted on the subject and we have seen the necessity and the fruit of fasting i will now briefly explain the manner in which we must fast that so our fasting may be useful in enabling us to lead a good life and by this means to die a good death many fast on all the days appointed by the church namely the vigils the ember days and lent and some fast of their own accord in advent also that they may piously prepare themselves for the nativity of our lord or on friday in memory of our lord's passion or on saturday in honor of the blessed virgin mother of god but whether they so fast as to derive advantages from it may be reasonably questioned the chief end of fasting is the mortification of the flesh that the spirit may be more strengthened for this purpose we must use only spare and unsavory diet and this our mother the church points out since she commands us to take only one full meal in the day and then not to eat flesh or white meats but only herbs or fruit this tertullian expresses by two words in his book on the resurrection of the flesh where he calls the food of those that fast late and dry meats now those do not certainly observe this who on their fasting days eat as much in one meal as they do on other days at their dinner and supper together and who at that one meal prepare so many dishes of different fishes and other things to please their palate that it seems to be a dinner intended not for weepers and fasters but for a nuptial banquet that is to continue throughout most of the night those who fast thus do not certainly derive the least fruit from their fasting nor do those derive any fruit who although they may eat more moderately yet on fasting days do not abstain from games parties quarrels dissensions lascivious songs and immoderate laughter and what is still worse commit the same crimes as they would on ordinary days hear what the prophet isaiah says of such kind of people behold in the day of your fast your own will is found and you exact of all your debtors behold you fast for debates and strife and strike with the fist wickedly do not fast as you have done until this day to make your cry to be heard on high chapter fifty eight thus does the almighty blame the jews because on the days of their fasting which were days of penance they wished to do their own will and not the will of god because they were not only not willing to forgive their debtors as they prayed to be forgiven by god but they would not even give them any time to collect their money they also spent that time which ought to have been devoted to prayer in profane quarrels and even in contentions in fine so far were they from attending to spiritual things as they ought to have done on the fasting days they added sin to sin and impiously attacked their neighbors these and other such sins 
ought these pious people to avoid who wish their fasting to be pleasing unto god and useful to themselves they may then hope to live well and die a holy death there now remain alms deeds one of the three good works recommended to our imitation by the angel raphael End of chapter 8